Hi there, and welcome to Live from the Cyber Institute. In this podcast, we listen in on conversations taking place among ministers, church leaders, and scholars as we engage the issues facing Christians and church leaders today. We hope that this episode is thought-provoking and a blessing to you, because as with everything we do in the Cyber Institute, our mission is to equip church leaders and help churches thrive. After you listen, make sure to follow our podcast so that you get all the latest episodes from your podcast platform of choice. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Live from the Cybert Institute. Uh, my name is David Knipe, and I'm the Associate Director here at Cybert. Uh, and today I have the pleasure of sitting down with my colleague here in the Bible Department, Houston Heflin. Uh, Houston is the director of our Contemplative Ministers Initiative here at Cybert, and that's what we're going to talk about some. But uh, Houston, welcome, and uh, tell us some about yourself. Thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. So I was in church ministry for 12 years, serving as both a youth minister and then also an adult spiritual formation minister. And then a transition into life here at ACU, where mm-hmm. I've been for 14 years. And one of the joys I have here is getting to teach classes on ministry, uh, some education style or type classes, but also spiritual formation classes, which I really love. Oh, that's great. Well, and one of the things I, I appreciate about you, as about with so many of our colleagues, um, is that long ministry background that you bring. Um, you're not somebody who went straight from school to school and then into another school to teach, but you were in the churches, in the trenches, doing them kind of ministry work so that when you're talking uh, with our students, you know whereof you speak. Um, and with regard to the Contemplative Ministers Initiative, you've been in church offices for all those years, and you know some of the challenges, but also some of the um, some of the opportunities that are there. Sure, um, that's really, right. Really glad about that. Um, well, I've mentioned our Contemplative Ministers Initiative, and for those that uh, maybe don't know as much about that, um, that is a twice-a-year retreat program that we run for ministers. Um, for quite a long time, it's taken place uh, at a retreat center on Lake Dallas over uh, in the Metroplex here in Texas. Uh, we began in 2015. We've already had over 70 alumni who have completed the program. Uh, we've got another dozen in the program right now and another dozen getting ready to start it this fall because uh, it's a two-year uh, program. Um, I recently sat down with Randy Harris, who was the founding director of CMI. Um, And so if you've listened to that podcast, uh, you've already heard some about how CMI got started. Uh, But to our audience, if you haven't yet listened to that conversation with Randy, uh, make sure to do so because you're going to get some more background. Um, But with Houston, uh, Houston, you are our current director. Uh, We're going to talk about some different things. Why don't you tell us about how you got involved with CMI? Uh, Were you like a speaker or a guest before you took over that leadership? How how did that happen? Sure. Yeah. So Randy and I have known each other for a little over 20 years now. Mm -hmm. And in that time, we've taught some of the same students. We visited some of the same churches and learned that we had some of the similar passions, uh, specifically uh, exploring the expansive range of spiritual disciplines, including the contemplative disciplines that uh, shape us more into the image of Jesus and help us be more centered as ministers, Mm -hmm. teachers, employees, colleagues, whatever role we fill they help us be more grounded and become more like Christ. So in our conversations, Randy and I would talk, and we discovered this similar passion. And one year he invited me to be a, a presenter at a, a CMI retreat. Okay. And the class he wanted me to teach, the session he wanted me to teach was on contemplative family life. Okay. And that was a little intimidating because I believe in each one of those words individually, but what did they mean together? And I was exploring that, and the, the process of preparing for that session made me a better person. I mm-hmm. could tell how it shaped me more into the image of Jesus. So, Well, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for a minute. We, we love your family very, very dearly. 
you have four kids and yeah. you're talking about this as a few years ago in the past. And so I imagine with the ages of your kids at that time, there maybe wasn't as much contemplation <laughs> going on, a little more action. Yeah, there was a lot of activity at your for house sure. at that, uh, at that volume point. Volume noise, yeah, for okay. sure. <clears throat> you know, raising teenagers is a great joy and a great blessing. It's a great gift and a great challenge. Uh-huh. So uh, contemplative family life was, was a good session. I really enjoyed it. And then uh, that was one retreat. And then Randy invited me to do another session at the, at the next retreat. And so I had been a, a presenter for several years okay. before Randy uh, surprisingly asked me to be the director. I say surprisingly, I wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. It was unexpected, but I was excited to have the opportunity. Yeah. Well, when I, when I heard that he was wanting to shift out of that role, I thought, okay. And then when I heard that he had asked you to be the director, I thought that makes all of the sense in the world. Oh, well, uh, thank you. From, from, as an outsider coming to that, I thought uh, this would be uh, such a good fit. Yeah. So Randy asked you to come join. Yeah. Uh, what was it about CMI that made you excited or, or at least willing yeah. to consider being the director after Randy? Or right. maybe what excites you and motivates you about it now? Yeah, right. So I had heard about CMI and then I was a presenter at CMI and then he asked me to be the director. And in making that decision, it was easy to say yes, because I believe in the mission of what CMI is attempting mm-hmm. to accomplish. So the goal is in one sense, to help shape ministers into the image of Jesus. We're trying to help people uh, pursue God, pursue Christ, be attentive to God's Spirit. And the process that, that we go through to get them there is to engage in spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines, both individually and together, that make us more mature, more centered, uh, more grounded, more attentive to God's Spirit. And so the goal is an admirable goal, and the process w- that we use to get there um, is is also something I enjoy. But then the outcome, I, I noticed that the, the people who are graduates of CMI were different than when they went in. Mm. What I mean by that is, like, well, Jesus said you can judge a tree by its fruit, right? So you can judge a program by the type of people it produces. And I think CMI creates contemplative ministers who are able to respond more peacefully, uh, more wisely to the demands of ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the graduates themselves testify to its effectiveness. So speaking of graduates, so a few years ago, one of our presenters got sick about 48 hours before he was supposed to present at CMI. I remember this. And so as the director, new director, I'm scrambling, who am I going to get? <laughs> How am I going to find someone to replace this person? Well, I, I thought about a minister in Dallas in the area who had been through CMI. Mm-hmm. And I called him up and I said, hey, can, can you do me a favor? Can you come do this? And he was... Uh, Giddy is the word that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. He was excited about the opportunity. He said, yes, absolutely. I want to come and I want to help you out and do this on such short notice. And as I talked to him, he said that it, CMI for him, when he went through the program, well, you, you know about Celtic spirituality and thin mm-hmm. spaces. For him, it was a thin space, a place mm-hmm. where that the people and the place and the time all align in such a way that it helped him become more attentive to God. And so that was a special place in his heart, and he wanted to come back. And I think that says a lot about what CMI is. Yeah, I think so. Well, we've been talking so far about kind of big picture, big picture goals, big picture outcomes. But uh, one of the things that I talked about with Randy was that the people we look for in speakers and resources, but we, what we haven't talked about yet is what a normal day looks like at CMI. So can you give us just kind of a, kind of a, a, a breakdown, a snapshot of what kinds of things do our participants experience in a typical day there at yeah. the retreat center? Yeah, so... 
you wake up in your uh, individual hotel style room. It's a condensed version of a hotel room. You have everything you need, including a little desk there and uh, your own bathroom. It's, it's great. It's, the Jesuit, Jesuit Retreat Center is a wonderful place, and it's a, they have a great, great facility. But you wake up, then you go to breakfast. And at breakfast, we have two cohorts together. And so mm-hmm. at all the meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, the two cohorts of 12 ministers each are together so that you can uh, spend time together and have fellowship. And these are kind of the first year and the second yes, year. So you exactly. get ones that have been in a little longer and the ones that are a little newer on the block. Exactly. Okay. And each cohort has a track of learning and speakers and experiences. So in the morning, each cohort will go to their various uh, learning experience or presentation session where a speaker that we invite to come in will talk on a certain topic. Mm-hmm. But it's not just a classroom style experience. It's it's focused on practice. It's, fo- it's moving towards experience. And that's the whole goal is to put into practice what we're, what we're talking about. And then we have lunch together again. And then in the afternoon, there are several hours set aside for solitude if people want that or silence or even mentoring conversations with the, some of the presenters or hosts who are at CMI. It can be time for reflection, and we do want our participants to par- start putting into practice the disciplines that we talked about from the morning session. Well, as they head towards dinner, before that, they each cohort meets to debrief the experiences of that day. How was their solitude time? How, how, how did they learn? What did they learn from the morning session? Mm-hmm. Then we have dinner together, and in the evening there's usually a combined session where both cohorts will get together and have a presentation by a speaker as well, uh, moving towards practice of spiritual disciplines. Yeah. yeah. When I have gotten to go to CMI, I've, I've loved the balance between uh, activity, kind of you know, classroom time is not, the, is not the best term for it, but time when they're together, time when they're doing, yeah. um, but then that long afternoon where they get to choose because... Uh, you know, for, for so many ministers, you know, l- gone are the days where the minister's office is called the pastor's study. Sure. Um, you know, it's hard as a minister to shut the door and to shut the world out um, because there are so many demands, so many of our churches, um, there are all kinds of programs. And now with, uh, with technology, you know, it's always easy to reach the person, whether it's by text or an email coming in. And uh, just to have that that gift, even just for a couple of days, to be able to just have an afternoon where you may not have anybody knocking on your door, uh, I think can be just a wonderful thing. Um, I also appreciate something that you've mentioned here is uh, the way that y'all are working with cohorts. Um, You know, sometimes in retreat settings, it's more about kind of making it a solo endeavor, or you get together with a group of people, but then everyone is going off into into the wilderness to have their solitude time. Uh, or you're, you're maybe with just one guru or guide. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, this, that seems to be an intentional part of the design of CMI. Um, what would you say you observe as you watch these participants go through the, the, go through the experience specifically as a group? Like, what is that group dynamic like? What does it offer? Yeah, so many of the people who join or become participants in CMI don't know each other before mm-hmm. the, the retreat begins, the first retreat begins. And so they, uh, they're strangers. So, but in the last year's cohort, the 12 ministers that we brought on were from seven different states. Okay. And two years ago, the 12 ministers were from eight different states. And mm-hmm. so this is not just a Texas thing. This right. is a, a national uh, retreat that we bring in people from, from all over. Uh, th- that diversity is really refreshing, I think, when they arrive and they start bonding with each other through experiences. And that's one of the things I would say is that when you pray together, when you um, share a meal together, when you fellowship and worship together, 
you you form friendships and relationships that that are that are maybe deeper than than others that are that are formed uh, in the world. So I, I guess I would say that four four retreats over two years makes lifelong friends of strangers. They really really bond together mm-hmm. through this experience. And one thing I, I've observed is definitely the kind of the way shared ministry roles mm-hmm. um, can often create some of those bridges. You know, most of the folks that come are serving in some kind of lead minister capacity. Yeah. Um, it's it's not the kind of uh, program where you have maybe a children's minister, a youth minister, a preacher, or this and a that. Um, so they come from different contexts, but then someone may say in a uh, over a meal or in a class, yeah. well, you know, y'all know how it is when. Right. And I mean, there's just that instant connection because yeah. everybody does know how it right. is. Right. There's, there's the shared experience of ministry and senior leadership preaching ministry together mm-hmm. that, that helps them be able to understand one another's struggles and challenges and celebrations and joys. Yeah. And, and is it right? I mean, you mentioned this kind of making these lifelong friends. I, I think I've been told that, you know, sometimes the cohorts will end up putting together a text group and then they're they're connecting with each other even between the retreats and then sometimes even beyond Absolutely, as well. yeah. There have been Zoom sessions where groups continue to meet together mm-hmm. uh, beyond the retreats, which yeah. is encouraging. No, and I, I think that makes a ton of sense, especially, again, just knowing uh, some of those challenges in a ministry mm-hmm. setting, but also now you've had some experiences that maybe even as you're trying to bring that to your church staff, they haven't had that same experience. So to right. be able to connect back with those people right. um, that you did. Yeah. Well, here, here's the last question I want to ask you. Uh, one of the ones I asked Randy was about the goal of CMI, like what he was hoping for in getting it started. Um, but we're now several years in, uh, which is great, and you're leading now. Um, so what would you say are the outcomes that you want to see? You've already already touched on this some. What do you hope happens in the lives of our ministers and in their churches and ministries as a result of the time they spend at CMI? So somewhere it's written that the goal of the CMI program is to help ministers be a calm, non-reactive, spiritually-centered, prayerful presence in their churches. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what that means to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ultimately, I believe that we are investing in time with these ministers to to grow along with them into the image of Christ by doing spiritual practices together, by being disciples of Jesus, by learning, so that we are being transformed. So that the ministers are being transformed and can lead their churches into being transformed mm-hmm. into the image of Jesus. So this is not just for these ministers, it's for these churches as well. It's for it's for both. It's it's for us, it's for them, it's for it's for everyone. So that we can be uh, more attentive to God's Spirit, more uh, looking more like Jesus, more uh, in love with God. So ultimately, this this has the potential to benefit a lot of people and not just these ministers. But but these ministers themselves are not just in their ministry role. As spouses, mm-hmm. as parents, we want them to be transformed that in all the roles and relationships that they have, they are more centered and more contemplative, less, less um, aggressively reactionary and just more peaceful about mm-hmm. who they are. Yeah. Yeah. What I what I have experienced there, and what I hear you saying is, uh, and this is going to feel a little cliche, but to just really grow in relationship mm-hmm. with the Lord. Um, yeah. You know that language of personal relationship with Jesus is not something that in the churches of Christ we have tended to use over the years, but we we've yeah. gotten to be more familiar with that. You know, we're we're really good at the at the knowing things about God, mm-hmm. um, knowing things about God through Scripture, which is, of course, I mean, absolutely what the, the foundation of a relationship. But we haven't emphasized that that growth in relationship. And just like with human-to-human relationships, just spending time together. 
I feel like what CMI allows ministers to do is spend time with the Lord right. in just ways that are a little different, that's going to facilitate that growing in Christ-likeness, growing in yeah. being led by the Spirit. Right. And, and and on these retreats, we do not cram it full of activity. Mm-hmm. Like you said, we allow space mm-hmm. so that there's, there's time for these interactions with each other, but also interactions with God, which can be a great, great gift to yeah, have that, really that time. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. Well, um, Houston, thank you so much for sitting down with me for a little bit. This is sure. uh, part of a larger series of podcasts that we're doing about CMI. Like I've mentioned already, we uh, got to visit with Randy, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to also uh, get to have some interviews with a current participant and, a, and an alum. So uh, to our audience, these are some things that y'all can look forward to uh, in terms of some podcasts that are coming along the way. Um, before I do a couple of plugs at the end, Houston, if people want to know more about CMI, um, how should they connect with you? Um, and, and is that is CMI something that they can kind of like self-nominate? Can they express interest in? Do they need to refer someone? Or yeah. what's the best way to kind of get connected? Most often our participants are referred to us by current participants. Okay. Although, who better to enlist as a participant than someone who desires that mm-hmm. opportunity? So if you'd like to self-select as someone who's interested in CMI, yeah, reach out and contact us. My email is houston.heflin at acu.edu. You can uh, find that on the AC website as well. But contact me, and I'd love to, to chat about what CMI might look like for you. That'd be great. Well, and folks, you can always uh, learn more about CMI at the Cybert website, www.cybertinstitute.org slash CMI, right? CMI for Contemplative Ministers Initiative. Uh, and a couple other things I'll say as we're closing here, a couple of plugs. Uh, first of all, uh, you may know that in the Cyber Institute, uh, we are basically a self-funded organization. And CMI is a program that uh, runs on the generosity of donors. We have folks that have uh, donated money and continue to do so uh, to help make CMI run. Um, but of course, we also know that costs are rising in a lot of ways. And so if this is something that you hear about and uh, you feel motivated to want to support, uh, that's something that you can do in a financial way. So you can reach out to us at the Cyber Institute and we can talk about uh, what that might look like. Um, and then the second plug, this is a new initiative that we're beginning uh, even just kind of right now with cyber. Uh, one of our, someone who's been a presenter at CMI in the past, Dr. Jackie Halstead, a uh, longtime professor at ACU in our marriage and family therapy department. Um, she, for several years, has been running a certificate in spiritual direction, and that is becoming part of the larger cyber umbrella. Uh, and so if you go to the cyber website and look for the CELA certificate in spiritual direction, uh, this is something that you can uh, participate in or recommend someone for. It's sort of a next level, not just becoming more contemplative yourself, but uh, learning to be able to guide others in doing that. Um, that's a new initiative uh, here in the Cyber Institute, and you can find out more uh, that it kind of dovetails with CMI. Uh, Well, folks, thanks for listening. As always, uh, you can access all of our podcast episodes, uh, including that conversation with Randy Harris uh, at cyberinstitute.podbean.com. And until next time, blessings on you and your ministry. Thanks for listening today to Live from the Cyber Institute. We would love to connect with you on our social media channels, and you can always find all of our various resources at our website, cyberinstitute.org. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast on your platform of choice, then share it with your friends. Until next time, may God bless you in all that you do.